Welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Brian Brammer, the communication and facilitation guru at Tangerine Games. His company's debut title, Nestlings, is currently on Kickstarter. Brian, welcome to the binge. How are you doing, sir? Good, man. Thanks for having me, bud. Appreciate it. Oh, it's great to have you, man. I always love to uh, see debut titles like this um, do as well as they're doing. Uh, so I want to congratulate you guys on that. First and foremost, we're going to get into this Nestlings game in, in a few brief moments, but I always get excited when I get to meet new people in the industry because we haven't met before. So this is cool. It's a good chance right. uh, to meet another colleague and uh, kind of chat about yeah. the biz, so to speak. So for starters, I know you just got home from work. What do you do for your day job? What's your day job? So it's a lot of different things. I actually, um, I work at my church and uh, pretty much doing everything that needs to get done. Uh, I'm also a freelance podcast editor on the side, you know, so I can have money to buy board games. We all have that. We all have that one job that we do so that we can kind of feed it into another, you know, have, uh, I guess, addiction that we have. Yeah. Um, and then I, I play. Yeah. So I do those things off and on. And then obviously Tangerine Games is, um, you know, the, the new venture that that we're taking. Oh, wow. And then your colleague, uh, is it, is Brandon, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Brandon. Brandon. Yep. Brandon. So he's the uh, designer on some of these games, uh, specifically the one we're going to talk about tonight. But so what What does Brandon do? What's his day job? So Brandon, man, he, what can't he do? Um, <laughs> he is not only the designer of Nestlings, but he is a graphic designer. Uh, I believe in the uh, marketing department at a college, uh, college of Lewiston out in um, Washington State. So he's oh, on the wow. other, I'm, I'm here in North Carolina. He was on the other side of the, uh, the United States. Um, so he does that. He also does a lot of awesome like board game photography. Yep. Um, he's had a, several, yep, several of his pictures have uh, been runner up. So maybe even won a couple of um, you know contests uh, for just just awesome pictures that he takes. So anything that you see, any type of um, advertising, he's taken that picture. We also have another friend, uh, Kevin Grott, who did okay. the uh, Find It tabletop, um, kind of like that Where's Waldo kind of book. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, board okay. games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he did, he actually did our intro video on Kickstarter and it's taken a bunch of pictures as well. So just got some great, great people uh, in our corner and uh, Brandon's, Brandon and Kevin are definitely two of them. Kevin, I think we've had him on the pod. Is, is he part of the, um, he was part of like the video, uh, what was it called? VLP or something like that. There were like, there was three different uh, photographers that were, doing video I think content. so and he was one of the I ones think so that, like right yeah I mean because I mean you just look at our our teaser trailer on Kickstarter and you're like yeah. okay this guy knows what he's doing yeah <laughs> yeah so he's he actually works with Brandon at the school at the university oh wow um, so when so when I went to visit Brandon uh, I actually I, I met with I talked with Kevin a little bit on social media but then I actually finally met him we played a couple games of uh furnace which was fun mm -hmm. and a couple other games so um yeah great guy great guy and then how did how did you guys meet? Like how did you and Brandon get together? You're on different sides of uh, yeah. of America, right? <laughs> yeah. So how that happened was last summer, um, I was just you know cruising down Instagram, just looking up board game stuff, and I came across a post by uh, Allison from Better uh, Better Half Reviews. Mm. So she was a huge help in taking our prototype to Dice Tower uh, West and just showing people. 
Um, but she showed a picture of like an earlier prototype. I'm like, that looks, that looks pretty engaging. That looks pretty cool. So I joined the Discord. Um, and at that time, I think it was called the Tangerine Games Discord, but Tangerine Games was more of what he called his photography business. And so mm. we just kind of rolled it into our board game company because we already had the artwork and already had the name. So sure. um, so I joined that Discord and there was a, a play test. And so I did the play test and that's how I met Brandon for the first time. And uh, we just hit it off. I, you know, I did some Facebooking stuff like you always do when you meet new friends. And I just found that we had a ton of ton in common, a lot of the same visions for board games and some of the games that we would love to publish some other games that we enjoy. But we're just like, no, nah, we're not going to publish those games because we we prefer this niche better. Uh, and so we were just, you know, had a lot of things in common in that regard. And we've just been ever since that point, we've been talking. Um, so it's been about a year since we've connected, um, even though he's been working on the game far, far longer than that. Oh, wow. And then what made you say like, okay, let's kind of get into business together. Cause I, I mean, essentially you guys are partners now, right on this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a 50, 50 partnership. Uh, Tangerine games is an LLC. And so gives us a lot of flexibility. I had worked for a smaller indie publisher all of last year as doing some contract work, um, doing their, you know, booth managing and stuff like that. So I went to like 10 conventions and it's, it's a conventions is a crazy, crazy world. Uh, grind. We went yeah. to Gen Con if I were to have a break, like my break consisted of going to the bathroom because it was that far from, from where our booth was in the exhibit hall, just yeah. such a massive area. So, um, so that's kind of really what got me interested in the business side of it. You know, I love board games, but as I was learning stuff, I feel the owner of that company, um, just learning, you know, certain things to do certain things not to do. Like, he, you know, he shared some of his mistakes with me. I was just like, man, this, the whole fulfillment process is just very fascinating to me. For Brandon, on the other hand, he's like, you, you take care of that. Um, you do our newsletter. You uh, do the social media. Um, I just want to create games, awesome graphic design, focus on the the art. And he's uh, he does a tremendous job of it. So like, we're just a really good team because we have um, similar aspirations, you know, but we have different skill sets that kind of work out well. And, you know, when we kind of butt heads a little bit, it's, it's always a fun button heads. Uh, always lends to one of us making fun of the other. Um, so that's that's one thing that we always focus on is at the end of the day, if there was like any kind of like disagreement, uh, we're not we're not going to finish the day until we've we've chatted about it. Or honestly, usually me apologizing uh, for being too sarcastic or you know how messages are on text. It's like you can never sure. uh, say them correctly. So we've been doing a lot of voice messages and stuff like that. Um, so it's a great, great relationship. And we just both liked the, the you know, the heads and the tails parts mm -hmm. of board game publishing. And it's just it's just worked out well. It's amazing because often when I talk to people who are business partners in uh, in the board game industry, they were have like the the relationship goes back pretty far, right? Either mm -hmm. high school or been friends, been gaming friends, and decided together. Not often do I come across people who have met each other recently, right, through networking, and say, "Hey, let's let's do something here together." I think we've got kind of complementary styles here, and we seem to gel quite well. Let's let's see what we can do with this. So. That's cool. Congrats to you guys on that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we actually just, um, we kind of like chatted a bunch and just kind of feel each other out. And then actually last November, I, I went all the way out there to Washington and uh, just hung out with him and his family, just just clicked immediately. And it's just like, yeah, this we're, we're in this for the long haul. And so I, I feel blessed because like you said, it's, it's rare. This is like a 1% chance that it happens like this. And yeah. because it's working so well, we're just like, yeah, this is definitely something that we're, that we're called to do. So, yeah. 
So if you hadn't met each other, would nestling still be like a, a Kickstarter thing or was like, how, how was that discussion? Was it something where he's working on it? So look, I need some help here to bring this to market or is more along the lines of, Hey, I've got a game been working on what do you think? And then between the two of you are like, yeah, let's, let's get this to market. Like how did that kind of come about? Yeah. So Nestlings was um, actually uh, under contract with another uh, smaller board game publisher. And um, once Brian and I just started kind of forming things and our own stuff, we really kind of wanted to um, have a little more control over what we were doing. Yeah. Um, and so we we talked with that publisher and it was an amicable, not split, it's a terrible word, but they just we all just felt it was better for us to go this direction, uh, specifically because the games that we're also going to be making after Nestlings fit what nestlings is it just was uh you know you don't want to like go and and, and publish a, a game that's about you know zombies and stuff and take that over to like haba um it's just yeah. you know it's not gonna work you know it just doesn't work for that brand and so as nestlings kind of as we play tested it and, and started to um it just really form into something even more robust um we decided to have a conversation and, and uh, we were able to uh take take nestlings on uh full time and so it was kind of already in that process of some marketing was out there and um, we, we just, I think Brandon had never really, you know, he thought about make, doing a publishing company, but I don't think he ever talked to someone who was also interested in it or yeah. someone that was willing to do it, you know? And so we're just like, you know what, we're doing this. We, we, we had signed some other games and so we're working on that. And we're just like, man, I think we can really do something special with Nestlings. Not, not that the other publisher couldn't, but that, you know, whenever it's your, design because i just kind of helped develop some stuff but yeah. when it's your design um it's your baby you know yeah. it's your nestling <laughs> um so that's just kind of how that merged and it was a, a amicable very peaceful um separation from that and we're like all right we're we're doing this you know we're doing this and uh we we bit off a lot we really bit off a lot but um it's the game has the game does not look anything like it did really even just a year ago wow. um yeah. So for, 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 it wasn't bad. It's just, we've been able to streamline a lot of stuff. So this game has been in development for a while then, if you'd already kind of signed with someone else is like, how long is this, when did he come up with this game, this idea for this game in the first place? I feel like it was about two and a half years ago. Okay. Um, and so not, not too long, but what's interesting and um, he'll probably make fun of me for saying this, but the, the resources, and you know, as you said, we'll talk a little bit about the game, the resources, resources that were in the game originally were these transparent um cards mm. and it was just a way to kind of show the the resources the critters on their natural biome on the player board mm. so then being see-through it was a way to just kind of it just looked really cool um but but what brandon and i talk about a lot is he has stuff that just the the table presence is incredible and i focus on the practical side not saying he's not yeah. practical not saying that i don't i don't like the art but that's just kind of like the things that really hone in on. And um, before I joined with him, he just learned from, it might even been Kevin that told him, was like, hey, these transparent cards, it's just not working. It's a great idea, but the mechanic that you have, um, it's, just, it's just not gelling. So that, that's, that's tough when you design something a certain way and then people say, hey, this is kind of broken, but that's, that's what you want. That's what play testing is about. It's like, please break my game. Don't break yeah. it too much, but please break my game so that I can make this the best thing, thing out there. So about two and a half years and um, it took different iterations. Uh, if you see anybody in their journey, you look at the very first prototype, which is on like index cards and small little you know Legos that they found in their couch. 
Uh, and you see that compared to the final uh, version, it's, it's drastically different. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the development process too, right? Is taking kind of what does that initial cool prototype look like and then say, okay, now practically from a manufacturing standpoint and an affordability standpoint, can we do all these things or do we need to do some of these things different, right? A perfect example I'm, I'm working with, we, we had just recently signed a, uh, a, a designer, uh, Kevin Levy, on uh, a game for part of our Cities of Venus franchise. So this is going to be like iteration, two iterations from now, like 2025. And uh, in there, he had this cool ring that kind of went around the table, uh, around the uh, around the board, and it rolled on, 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 like it clicked on with magnets. And I'm like, it's great. But we gotta get rid of the magnets because there's no way I want to deal with the with the costing, the shipping, the the uh, the the testing in terms of safety testing, all that. Testing, yeah. Magnets we got to get rid of. So he came back with like ball bearings. I'm like, dude. <laughs> you you really you just kind of changed yeah. the form. <laughs> oh, let's let's funny. do another way. So it's sometimes it's finding what is the spirit of what you're trying to do, right? And then how do is there what's the way we can do that within, um the mechanism to make it look cool and still functional and still be a showpiece on the table, but you have to have that kind of practical piece that comes into place. Uh, otherwise um, you'll be break even or losing money on every game you do. Right. So you have to kind of make those yeah. decisions sometimes. So that's cool. You, so talk to us a little yeah. bit about nestling. So what is this game all about? Uh, I've seen a bunch of the videos online where there's play testing. One did uh, was done by a tabletop tool, so which I thought was great. Um, and it's got some really cool components. Obviously, when I think you're talking about birds, people automatically start thinking about wingspan. This is nothing <laughs> like wingspan. It's not even the same mechanics no. as wingspan. This is more of a dice placement or dice drafting, right? So walk us through kind of the basics of, of how this game plays. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's funny you say that because when I was at Tantrum Con in Charlotte with the Tantrum House crew, um, we had this big old sign and someone walked through the front doors and said, hey, look, it's, it's wingspan origins. Um, I was like, Hey, I even I even uh, messaged uh, Jamie Stegmaier on Facebook, and I was like, "Hey, man!" I said, uh, "You mind if we use this hashtag?" He's like, "Ah, oh, that might be a little confusing." I'm like, "Yeah, oh, you're right." And <laughs> um, but no, he, you know, it was just, it's just, I'm sure he gets that all the time. But you know, Jamie's a cool guy. Um, so yeah, so other than birds, uh, it's it's nothing like any other bird <laughs> game that's out there. You've got you know, Bird Watcher. Yeah. You've got um, another game that's coming to Kickstarter soon. Um, but it's basically a dice placement uh, resource management. Uh, bidding type of game, area control too. Mm. Um, so or area priority is maybe um, kind of a better way to put it. So yeah. uh, to kind of describe this to, to people who are only listening, um, it's basically you assume uh, the role of one of four birds and each of those birds is in a separate biome. So you have the alpine, savanna, freshwater, and the desert. And these birds are actually living in those areas. And so you're rolling your dice and you're placing them based on the dice base. So it's got like a, a mountain for the alpine, a cactus for the desert, and that type of thing. And you're placing your dice one at a time on these different biomes based upon the different resources that come out. So each biome has six different resources, five copies of each. And so as the game goes on, it creates this scarcity. And so mm-hmm. your, your, your turns become more and more tight because you – I don't want to say you have less to do, but you have more decisions you have to make. Um, and so once everybody's kind of placed their dice around the board, you will then resolve each biome. You'll start with the Alpine. Whoever has priority, which means either they place their dice furthest to the left or they have the most dice because you can stack dice on top of each other. So maybe you were the 
um, what was it? The Cactus Wren. So you're in the desert and you placed your dice third in the Alpine to get this boss that you really needed to accomplish something. Yeah. Um, well, you could actually become first priority if you place another of your dice there. So now it doesn't matter where you are. You now have two dice and that's going to trump uh, all the other dice that are to the left of it. And so you have a lot of this tension, some back and forth. There are ways that you can mitigate your dice, there are ways you can reroll your dice. And so you kind of have to plan your turnout, but then also have a plan B, because by the time it gets back to you, things look drastically different. Yeah. Um, and even the player who wins priority in a certain biome gets to choose the first resource and then discard another resource. So you really want priority because you might want to you know, put a resource back in the biome bag that someone else is going after. So I would never say there's, there's no hate drafting in this game. Everything <laughs> that you do. <laughs> well, here's That's the thing. Like there's it. some games where it's like, yeah, there's, there's some games where it's like, I'm just going to draft this to, to make you angry. But like, yeah. if you do that in nestlings, you will lose. Yeah. So you have to make sure if you do something that's going to hurt another opponent, it better benefit you more. Um, that was a good catch. So, <laughs> Um, so as you're kind of collecting these resources, you can feed them to your nestlings. If you, if I'm the, uh, again, the cactus wren, I can feed my nestlings resources from my own biome. Uh, and so by doing that, um, you, every time you gain a resource, you actually gain another small little like triangle wedge. Think of like yeah. trivia pursuit. Yeah. It's um, far over right away. And, yeah. yeah. And you grab the, that same matching, um, resource and put it in what you're called your resource ring. Um, and so as you're filling that up, you're getting bonuses, um, depending upon where, what spot you feed your nestling, it triggers those segments to score points. Um, you also have gathering goals, which, you know, the resources that you save and you don't feed your nestlings, once you have accumulated a certain amount to meet a scoring condition, you move your token up, you get yourself a bonus, uh, and you're getting victory points at the end of the game, depending upon how high you go. And as you go further up the, the hierarchy tree, um, the spots for players gets fewer and fewer and so mm -hmm. it's kind of like got this race aspect but you also want to keep feeding your nestlings but you, you basically you can't ignore either way um and so there's always basically every every decision you make um is going to influence your next one so there's a lot of pivoting strategies in the middle and what's really awesome is in about if you want to play a four-player game it takes maybe 50 minutes that's crazy. Yeah, I was seeing yeah. that. They, and, and, and less players is even even faster, right? We actually have a um, an AI, so there's a solo more, mode yeah. that plays with uh, two AI players, which works wonderfully. Just posted the solo video uh, on the Kickstarter preview, uh, Kickstarter page. And then um, what's also neat is like a two-player game, you'll play with a an AI because it's hard to get priority when you have two players. So you have to have at least three. Then you can add a, a second AI and make a two-player game a four-player game. Or you can make a three-human player game into a four-player game by using the AI. So lots of flexibility um, and just however you want to play, the length you want to make the game. Um, so that's one thing. that It was tough to balance. It was, it, was, it was frustrating because when you deal with scarcity and bidding and dice and probability, um, there was a couple of changes we made and we're like, well, that's not going to work. Um, so back to the drawing board. Um, so it's, it's probably been, it's, I think it's been one of the not simpler games, but uh, streamlined games that took so much more development than a game than you might assume a game like Nestlings would take uh, yeah. because it does have to be balanced well. It can't be balanced too well to where the game plays itself because that's not fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just been 
uh, it's a super fun game, beautiful artwork. And uh, the Kickstarter, man, is, is, has been great. We've had a lot of awesome stretch goals as well. The community has been, been awesome. That's been our favorite part is for me is interacting with that community. Yeah, you guys have been rocking. So you're at, and uh, I'm going to put this in Canadian dollars just because it's the only way I can see it. Um, but you're almost at $110,000 Canadian on a goal of roughly $47,500. So double your goal, more than double your goal. So congrats on that. Twelve hundred Over 1,200 backers. You guys still have three days to go. So now you're entering that back-end hockey stick. So uh, you're probably going to end up in a very happy place. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm assuming where where the goal is. Uh, obviously, the goal is funding. <laughs> but um, going in this final week, we're like, yeah, hundred thousand does not seem out of out of reach. Where it could we could far surpass it. I've seen campaigns again. They might have been campaigns uh, from companies that are more well established, but yeah. sometimes they'll even double what they currently have before going into that final forty eight hours. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So, yeah, yeah. that's great. And, and the theme is, is certainly uh, one that appeals to a lot of people. You've got minis in the game, which I think is awesome. The custom dice that have, based on your biome, um, like they're weighted to your biome, right? So you have a little bit of an advantage for your biome for your particular uh, dice, which I think is cool as well. Was there dual layer boards in this or not? I was, I, I, no, for the deluxe tables. version, there is. Okay. Yeah, for the deluxe version, there is. Sometimes it's kind of hard to show that because instead of doing a lot of 3D renders, because 3D renders are not cheap, I'm paying oh, someone to do yeah. that. So Brandon's taken all these photographs and then he's done his thing and whatever you know mysterious uh, computer he has to make them look 3D rendered. And so um, it was tough doing that because we're on a budget. You know, we're on a budget. Yep. Um, and so you know, we just kind of really have to to do what we have to do. But yeah, they're dual air boards and deluxe. The the dice that you see on the campaign. Um, so like, I think the blue is going to be a little bit trans uh, translucent because of water. The alpines will look like it's made out of rock. Just it's just it's beautiful. And those are Kickstarter exclusive. And the dice trays as well, right? Yep, the dice trays. Um, yeah. Oh, that's that's. Um, yeah, those are going to be awesome. Like we we what we plan to do is every iteration, every game that we release to, to at least. Um, come out with a dice tray that mm. has something to do with that game. Even if that game doesn't have dice in it, um, <laughs> that does not matter. People love their dice trays. Um, so yeah, the dice trays are awesome. The minis, um, you can actually like, we have add-on minis. So if you want to play with a set or you want to paint a set, um, you can add those on as well. Um, yeah, the, the dice are exclusive to Kickstarter though. So um, the, yeah, so you'll see that in the stretch goal. Um, but the dice that you see in the, you know, what all comes in the, the box, those are going to be your typical, just, just the regular colors. So, um, you know, you won't, you won't be able to have those after the Kickstarter. So there you go. And then the biome <laughs> bags too, is that a Kickstarter exclusive as well? Or so, um, we're just making them a little more customized. So, um, like the retail version will just have regular, um, bags, but then the deluxe will have bags that kind of stand up. Okay. So you don't have to like pick them up all the time, but oh, then cool. we're going to put a, a unique design on the bags just for the, the Kickstarter. So we really want people to, to buy into the Kickstarter um, to make it seem like it's a one of a kind version. Um, none of the gameplay. We want to also, we also want to provide the gameplay. Um, what the, anything that we add in Kickstarter, we want to provide that in the game when it's released uh, in retail, because we're working with lucky duck games. Sure. Um, because we want everybody to have that same experience. It's just basically certain things aesthetically they're going to get certain um, benefits they'll get certain like we have something called a seasons event module which is going to be awesome where it's like summer spring fall and winter 
And every round you turn over a card and it just kind of breaks the game, gives you a new rule. Like one could be, hey, the blank side, which um, are ba basically failed die rolls that can only go into the grasslands, those are now wild for this round. Yeah. So those are going to be sold afterwards um, in retail, but people who uh, pledge the Kickstarter, they're going to get that included, included for free. I think it's awesome too is the trays you guys have in these in the box, right? So all the components are in those oh, nice organization trays, right? Yeah, what's really neat is um, if you look at it and you see the tray of the, where the segments or the wedges go, the way that it's designed is you can just push down on one side and it pops up. Oh, that's cool for us for us with chubby fingers. Um, <laughs> and so the 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 idea behind that was we want you to be able to pull out your player tray. That's got your segment pieces, your dice, your miniature, uh, everything that you need, and your player board. Put the main board in front, and, and you're ready to go. Because there are there's over 200 pieces, yeah. uh, especially with the deluxe. There's over 200 wooden pieces. So we didn't want all these pieces all over the place. Um, so we wanted to make this very, very easy to, to set up and get going. So what's next on deck for you guys? Uh, you mentioned that you had signed some people, or do you have other designs that you guys have done yourselves? Or kind of how are you charting your path forward as uh, Tangerine Games? Yeah, we actually both. So um, to kind of get you under the hood a little bit, um, our next, we've already created a title and it's on our website. It's called uh, Apple Grove, uh, which is a new designer. And um, what's so awesome is the game originally began as more of like a, a more unique strategic roll and write. Mm. And we said, you know what? Let's make this not a roll and write. Let's turn this into yeah, let's let's go all in on this. And the designer loved it. He had never thought about making the game anything other than a roll and write because he's like, I was going to self-publish this, or I wouldn't think a publisher would want to, you know, spend more money on our game. And it's like, no, that's that's what publishers. Do. Well, that's what publishers should do. In the small amount of experience I have, sure. um, that was the one thing Brand and I talked a lot about was we don't want to offer anything just thrown away. We want to we want to even if we don't make as much money as we could, we want to do it. You know what we feel is the right way. Um, so that's called Apple Grove, which is basically you have your own player board with a, with a grid of trees. Um, and there's this, there's this, what we call, I guess, a color wheel using a white die, a blue die, a yellow die, and a red die. And so you roll all those and on the, on your grid, you've got them numbered one through five from the top and, and along the side, kind of like a, a bingo thing. And when you roll the dice, if the, Let's see if I know my primary colors. If the red is like a four and the yellow die is a three, you can now place a orange tree at the intersection of three and four on your board. Or you can do it the other way around. And the thing is, you're actually drafting these actions, these trees. There's a couple other actions. And so if you wanted the orange tree, but someone else got it before you, sorry. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to pivot. So it's not like you mm. have all the options available to you every turn. So it's a what we're calling right now an action drafting game. Mm. Um, and so there are certain trees that can grow next to others, like a red and a green tree do not go next to each other because they don't share a single color um, on the spectrum. They don't share a color; they're like opposites. So if you place a green tree next to a red tree, you have to build a fence, and your fence is going to negative points. Um, and there's just all of, a bunch of just really cool things that you're doing. There's going to be goals. There's going to be tools that allow you to do certain things. Uh, you're going to be able to to, um, to pick apples based upon where you plant a tree. So it's it's really awesome. And, and the thing that's going to really make it pop is the the art. The illustrations are being done by Andrew Bosley. 
Um, so that's really going to, yeah. So he, I met him at dice tower West and, uh, just an awesome get played a couple games with him. I think he beat me pretty bad. Uh, got some dinner with him. Just, just, yeah, just a terrific, terrific guy. And we just wanted to work with him and, um, yeah, super excited about that. And then, you know, and that's coming out when, when, when does that launch? So we're, we're trying to figure out the best way to launch that on Kickstarter, because if we start fulfillment where we want to with Tangerine Games, or like, okay, as fulfillment's going out, we can kind of start advertising or pitching that second Kickstarter. The thing is, if that's if that Apple Grove Kickstarter lands around November, December, we're not going to want to launch around then. That's just not going to be a good. Yeah. To, uh, to those months are just not good to launch. So we might have to we might have to wait. So it might look like the beginning of 2024, and hopefully that game will release around the fall, around Apple Orchard season in 2024. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what we're shooting for. We've got a tabletop uh, simulator. Uh, we got a mod up right now. It's not public, but we're already testing stuff. Uh, we were testing it during Nestlings. We're testing another game that's, uh, I'll give a little tease, called called Peaks. And uh, Peaks is all about climbing all of the mountains that are all over the world. And um, it's another one of those games actually going to be played one to six players. Hmm. And uh, what's going to be so awesome about that is it's another game that's like, okay, this has got a lot of strategy to it, but the way we're going to design it is you pull out your trays, you put the pieces where they go, you start playing right away. Um, it's one of those games where you learn a lot by just playing it through once. And then you're like, mm. oh, I want to play again because now I, now I, now I get it. Um, so w- one of the cool hooks on peaks is you can climb a mountain is one of your actions, but anybody else can join you in your climb. And it actually lowers your stamina requirement because someone else is coming with you. Um, but you have to choose certain benefits if you climb the mountain and then anybody who comes with you gets the other benefits. So there's like, oh, I want you to come because I, I need to, I need my stamina to be lowered. But at the same time, I don't want to share any of these bonuses with you. So uh, you're placing your your flags on different mountains across the um, uh, different continents everywhere and getting points for that. Uh, it's just a really, really unique game. Uh, and, and six player, that's going to be the challenge is making a game like that for six players. But there's not a lot of six player games. Stonemeyer does a lot of five or six player games. Yeah. Um, and we wish there were more, but it does. It requires a lot of balancing. Oh, yeah. Um, so know, if somebody so wants to follow along with these different games, or is it Tangerine Games to go to your website? Is that where the best way, or do you have a Discord server? How yeah. Best um, follow you guys? Yeah, our website is tangerine.games, but we have uh, a newsletter that I send out weekly. Uh, we've got about 1,300 subscribers. Nice. Um, I do on, on there. I have indie. We have something currently called a indie publisher spotlight where I highlight another publisher game that get ready to go to Kickstarter or just did just an indie uh, publisher, just like us. We don't, you know, we don't charge them anything because it's like, I know what is it? A rising tide raises all, all boats. That's right. Um, and so we have that game recommendations, updates on, um, just, you know, Brandon went to a small convention the other week, uh, stuff going on in their own life. So we really make this a robust newsletter. Uh, we'll be doing some giveaways through it. So that's where a lot of the, you'll hear from us directly, but also, um, Instagram, um, Facebook, I'm, um, very active on Instagram and Facebook, uh, discord. We have that as well. So, um, I just, I don't know anywhere. I, I just, I love building the community and, um, finding more information. We'll update the website. Uh, but really it's going to be the newsletter and probably Instagram is where most of that stuff is going to first hit. Well, Brian, I want to wish you guys all the best on this campaign. You got three days to go. I'm excited for you. It's it's amazing. I know you guys have just got to be giddy about where you've, uh, where you are so far and where you're about to land. 
Uh, and I can't wait to see this come out. It definitely does have some cool, uh, unique uh, components and mechanics to it. And it's going to be interesting to see how that's received across uh, the industry. So I want to wish you guys all the best. Appreciate it so much. Thanks, man. Take care. Thanks. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time. Thank you.